And now our next presenter is the president of the Religious Liberty Coalition, a pastor, a national speaker, radio host, podcast host, and author. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand to your feet and greet Pastor Todd Coconato! There's his wife. There's Todd. Yes! Woo! Good morning! Well, you don't need coffee. You got Pastor Leon Benjamin. Everybody's awake, right? Isn't this awesome? You guys excited to be here? Praise God. Well, listen, I never say this, so I'm going to say it real quick. I have a Rumble channel. If you have your app, please follow us. It's the Todd Coconato Show. Please. I never say that. So I want to I just invite the presence of the Lord here right now. Lord, we just thank you for this morning. And I, I believe you've given me a word for these precious folks, for everybody watching online. And so we just say, let your will be done, not only when I speak, but... For the remainder of this conference, we just thank you for being here. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is, I, I think it's like the 19th or something like that, 19th Reawaken. So we've been to a lot of these. and We've met a lot of amazing folks. And so I think the message is pretty clear. And, and the biggest question that I get asked is, Pastor Todd, what can I do? People are saying, what can I do? So I'm going to lay out a couple of things that I feel like the Lord put on my heart. Before I do that, I just want to say, why is censorship such a big deal? Why do they try to censor pastors in, in this crazy time, this critical hour that we're alive? And the answer is because we have a winning argument. I'm just going to take three issues real quick, okay? First, with the, with the issue with the gender confusion with the young people. I have a daughter. Many of you have grandkids, kids. And you know, uh, kids will say, I'm Superman, I'm Wonder Woman, I'm this, I'm that. So we know that a child is not in the place to, to make these type of life-altering decisions. These are spiritual matters, and there's pastors that don't want to address these things. You guys know of pastors and churches that just steer clear of anything political? Do you guys know? But raise your hand if you have a church in your community that you, you know that. Yeah, look around. This is what I hear everywhere we go. And so we actually just planted a remnant revival center in the city of Nashville. Last week was our first week, and it was full, by the way. So people are issue of abortion. How many of you saw that movie, Unplanned? Did you see that? Yeah, that movie was pretty amazing, right? You know, if, I just tell people, if you're for abortion, go and, and actually see, you know, look, look at some videos, what actually is happening. It's one of the most grotesque demonic things you could ever imagine. It's not a political issue, it's a spiritual issue. Just like the gender confusion. Uh, you know, what's happening at our southern border? Let's just take that for instance, okay? Unbelievable, right? The invasion that's happening, but let's just think about this. Would anybody in this room, anybody leave your house wide open all night and just tell anybody to come in? Because why wouldn't you do that? It's not wise. Somebody's going to come and rob you, or there's going to be something bad that's going to happen. So that's just common sense. All of these issues, and I can go down the list, are common sense, and there's a spiritual element to them. It's not a political thing. It's just common sense. And so we win when we have the argument, and that's why there's censorship, and that's why these mainstream corporate media outlets are writing stories about pastors, and they're trying to label us things because they think that, well, if I call him this or I call them that, then they're going to be quiet. And unfortunately, there's too many pastors in this country that have, that have uh, acquiesced to this. They basically said, okay, I'm going to just be silent. 
Here's the problem, okay? Do you know a story of a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Does anybody know about that story? Yeah. He was sounding the, the alarm. He was a voice in the wilderness. And my whole life, people have said, how did that happen? We'll never let something like that happen, right? Meanwhile, we're watching the same strategies, the same techniques, the same censorship, the same erosion of religious liberty and freedom happening in our own nation. And so it's high time that we do something. So back to the question, people say, Pastor Todd, what can I do? Well, listen, I want to address churches because, hey, I'm a pastor, right? Hopefully this video will actually go out there and maybe provoke some pastors to jealousy or to actually get them to understand the situation. So number one, I believe churches need to bring back the altar call, okay? We, we got to have altar calls again. I mean, you know, that's where so much ministry takes place, right? So bring back the altar call. Number two, preach and teach about repentance of sin. We've got to repent. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he will hear us from heaven. Who is he talking to? His people. Who are his people? Followers of Yeshua, followers of Jesus Christ. How many in here follow Jesus Christ and love the Lord? Yes. That's right. And thank God, that's why America is still here, because there is a righteous remnant that's praying. Otherwise, this country probably wouldn't even be here. But there's a remnant. Wherever there's a remnant, that means that God is not done moving. we got to preach and teach about repentance. Here's one. Number three, stay and pray. A pastor should want to pray for his people. I meet people all over the country and say, I go to this church. I've never met my pastor. I've been there 10 years. That's got to change. We need shepherds. We need people that are willing to stay and pray. So we've made a commitment. If you stop by our church in Nashville, I stay. I don't care if it's 11 at night, 12 at night. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I'm not willing to stay and pray. How many agree with that? All right, next one. We don't need any more motivational speakers. Pastors, if you got motivational speaker in your title, I ain't mad at you. Go be a motivational speaker. If you want to be a pastor, then shepherd. Actually stand for righteousness. Amen? No more wannabe celebrities. Listen, I came from Hollywood. If I wanted to be famous, I would have stayed in Hollywood. I was a Hollywood actor for many years, and the Lord spared my life after I got stabbed nine times. One in the heart. That's my testimony. I went into the presence of the living God. And the Lord said two things. He said, make sure, you know, if, you, if I keep you alive and you go back, what you got to do is you got to tell people I'm real and you got to stay on fire for me. And that was 23 years ago. God spared my life after getting stabbed. Yeah. And I'm here to tell you that God is real. This is the reality of the situation. We don't need more wannabe celebrities. Pastors need to learn how to deliver people because there's an issue with demons, and we need people that know how to deliver. We can't be afraid of deliverance. That's what the problem is. People need to get delivered. But if the shepherds don't know how to do it, what, what in the world, right? Learn it. Don't be afraid of it. We need to open up the church to the community for various purposes throughout the week. We have resources in the church. How many multi-million dollar buildings stay dormant and vacant six days of the week? Open them up. Let's have prayer meetings. Let's pray for this country. Let's believe that God is willing to move. We need to affect the community and impact the city. 
I've been in so many places where there's a massive church right here, and you go across the street to the coffee shop, and they've never had anything but bad experiences from congregants who come in and who are rude. We need to get out. The Bible says go and make disciples of the nation. That's the Great Commission. That's the main thing. People say, what's the main thing? we got to make the main thing the main thing again. Well, the main thing is making disciples, going out, evangelizing, getting out of the four walls. Look what's happened in our country. There's a vacuum, and that's been taken up by uh, less than 3%. Talk about far, they say far right. Well, that means we're really right, by the way. Far left, I mean, they're, they're trying to steer this country off the mortal abyss. Without the word of God, without the Ten Commandments, without the truth and the law of God, this nation is missing law, and without law, there's lawlessness. You know who's the lawless one? The enemy, the adversary. We need to teach the entire Bible. When I was in Hollywood and I was pastoring out in Los Angeles for 17 years, pastors would come up to me and say, well, we don't teach that part of the Bible. And I'd look at them and say, what? What are you talking about? Like, you have to teach the whole thing. Look, I tell people, I didn't write it. I'm just the messenger. Okay, maybe I would have written a little bit different, but that's not the case. I'm a messenger. God wrote this. We need to stand by it. That's what sets people up for success. That's what's going to turn this country around. We've got to turn back to God. He'll heal the land. And, we, and, 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 and lastly, and I kind of alluded to this, but we've got to make the main thing the main thing. There's a lot of people that are chasing a lot of different things. And, and they get off course and off track and confused and listen we got to get into the word of God it's important we got to have an active prayer life we got to call upon the name of the Lord the Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved he says my sheep hear my voice it's okay to get a word from other people I believe in prophecy I believe in the fivefold but we've got to be hearing from God and God wants to speak to each and every one of us it's not a crazy thing to ask the Lord speak to my heart Lord, I want to hear from you. That's not going to happen unless we get into prayer. We've got to be in the word. We've got to be in prayer. We've got to take this seriously. It is, we are at a critical juncture in history. So that's my list for pastors, but I'm going to speak just frankly for the last few minutes here. There are some crazy things headed our way as far as the essential bank digital currency. How many have heard of that? I don't know about you, but I heard Tucker Carlson say, if that happens, we're done. Why did he say that? You know why? Because they can track and trace every single transaction. I don't know about you. I've read the Bible a lot, and it sure sounds a lot like the infrastructure for the mark of the beast. Why aren't pastors sounding the alarm on this? I don't want Big Brother to be seeing every single transaction. You know, think about Facebook. How many of you have been in Facebook jail before, huh? Yeah, I bet a lot of us, right? That's because we're speaking truth. Well, think about it. What if they could do that to your money? What if they could say, well, you've, you've been a bad citizen, so for 90 days, you're not going to be able to get to your account. You think that's so far out? It's not. You know why? They're actually already doing it. At the Religious Liberty Coalition, we've already seen churches that one of the pastors was down at a conference in Florida, actually, and he went to go use his ATM from Bank of America, and guess what? It was cut off. They said, we don't want to do business with you anymore. It's already begun. And so these things are all egregious, and they're happening and we can't just have our heads buried. Now, this is a group that understands that. But here's why they, they're so fearful of this conference. Here's why they're so fearful of truth tellers and why the censorship regime is in place. Because they know that not only is this group here, but each and every one of you are activated. And you go out into the community and you start doing other things. I know many of you already are. 
But the truth is, is that we, it is, we have to be a people of action. Faith without works is dead. And so what's happening is there is indeed a great awakening. There's an undercurrent of revival that's already begun in this nation. I call it pockets of revival. We've seen it all around the country as I go around. And, and I'm encouraged by this because that means God is on the move. And that's what's needed for this country. More than anything else, we need revival. Revival is new life. It starts in our own heart. It starts in our family. It starts in our household. And so this is what we need to yearn for. And what I believe is we're going to see, indeed, the greatest move of God in the history of the world. It's already begun. It's already begun. So here's what we do. Look, God chose you for this time. He didn't make a mistake in bringing you in the world at this hour. He didn't make a mistake at creating you for a time such as this. So, it, it, you know, I know it can be stressful sometimes. I know you got people that probably trip out on you and turn on you and call you all kinds of names. But you know what? They did that to Jesus. They did it to Noah. And I find we have, we're in good company, okay? We're in good company. So it is time for us to be activated. It is time for us to take back the territory for the kingdom of God. The founders were not afraid of the Bible. The Constitution is basically in line with the Scripture. The founders openly prayed. And by the way, the separation of church and state, that was a letter to the Danbury Baptists saying that they were going to stay out of the church's business. And so it is okay for us to take a stand for righteousness because that is the way that this country is going to succeed. So we're not done. America is not done, but it is high time we get involved. It is high time we pray. It is high time we call upon the name of the Lord. The pastors need to get out there and stand for truth and righteousness. Don't leave it up to just a couple of folks. The people of God are hungry. You, you want to see a move of God. And so if that's you, you want to see a move. we got two minutes left. Stand up right now. We're going to agree in prayer. And we're going to pray for this country and for the activation of every believer in this room. Father God, I just thank you right now for every believer, every person of God in here. And Lord, we pray for the United States of America. We love this country. We want our children and our grandchildren to have the same rights and freedoms that we've enjoyed. We see them being eroded. We see the, the mainstream corporate media going after people that are speaking truth and righteousness. But Lord, there is a remnant and this room is that remnant, Lord God. And I believe you're going to move on their behalf and you're going to hear the prayers of the righteous. We repent of our sins, Lord God, as a people. Let us turn back to you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And we love you. And so every person in this room, as they lift their hands right now all over the building, I pray an anointing of the Holy Spirit of living God that when they leave here, they'd be empowered, refreshed, recharged, educated, and ready to be fire starters in their community. Lord God, give them the unction of your spirit. Let them hear from you clearly. Let us all draw nearer to you in this time. We believe that revival is the hope because you are the hope, Lord God. And so we give you the glory in the name of Jesus. How many said amen? Amen. God bless you.